Oh my goodness, we had a wonderful service this morning. It's, uh, this is March the uh, 11th, March the 11th, 2018. I had a marvelous service this morning. Even though the attendance was down, this is the first weekend of spring break. A lot of people gone. But man, the group that was here, the ones that were here, they had life in them. And uh, that makes all the difference in the world. Anyway, I just enjoyed the service all the way around. God gave me a perfect day uh, today. It was one of those kind of cool, cloudy days outside that uh, just takes my mind to another place and another time, especially on this day uh, today. I promise you that today uh, was made uh, specifically for me and uh, everyone else just had uh, the pleasure of enjoying it with me and I shared it with everybody I could and uh, you know everybody else may be enjoying their spring break and however they choose to enjoy it I'm happy for everybody but today I'm talking about the 60 degree temperatures the gray sky just the feel of the the, there was a a cool breeze of wind blowing out of the north Man, it, it felt good. I mean, I could stand outside and just take a big old deep of fresh air and, and be just transported to another place. And it was marvelous. Um, but anyway, messed around in the, in the dang service. There was so much life in it. I can't duplicate it now. I mean, I can't duplicate the service. I can't replay it. But somehow, it didn't get recorded. Uh, my recorder was all messed up, or I pushed the wrong button, or I did something. But I hate it that I didn't get it recorded. And, and this isn't going to do it justice, because you're not going to hear the people, the crowd response, or the questions afterwards, or anything like that. But the still i feel like i've got to get this down um just for uh, keepsake purposes so you turn to first timothy chapter five first uh, timothy chapter five and i'll be there with you in a moment but i'm going to turn to genesis chapter three and i want to read a verse to you uh the the, t- the title of today's message is the benefits of, of physical labor and i'm talking about even the spiritual benefits of physical labor god wants us to be active god wants us to be doing something uh, he wants us to being he wants us being productive and he wants us to work but i have a verse here in uh, in in genesis chapter 3 verse 19 it says in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of the for out of it wast thou taken for dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return a man can you hear that right there he says from the sweat of your face Uh, some translations I think say from the sweat of your brow um, but the idea is is that we were created and we were created to work. We uh, that's clear by um, the Lord putting Adam and even charge of the garden to toil and to work in the garden. But after the fall, it, it was almost like uh, God says, "Okay, this is it's it's something He was put upon man." He goes, "You will live by the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of thy face. You shall eat your bread." So you're going to have to work if you want to eat and of course there's the passage in second thessalonians 310 that says if you don't work you don't eat it's just just, it's just plain and simple that's the way god wants it to be Um, i've often times heard people try to tell me that they want to try to make a living without work you know i've heard people say they're they're professional gamblers or something like that and uh (laughs) and i thought they're thinking that's not going to work 
That's not what God wants us to do. Or that somehow they're, they're going to win the lottery and they're going to be on easy street for the rest of your life. Listen, Christian, I'm here to tell you something. You're not, you're not going to win the lottery. You're never going to win the lottery. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your money, embarrassing the Lord and everything else. Uh, you're supposed to earn your, or eat your bread by the sweat of your face. And I, I just picture the sweat of your face involving some type of physical exertion, some type of physical activity, something more than pulling a slot machine's arm or something like that. But uh, you're not going to win the you're not going to win the the Powerball lottery. That's not how God's going to get you out of debt. He's got a plan to get you out of debt, but it's not going to be. Uh, the lottery that's going to get you out of debt so quit uh, doing that quit wasting your time wasting your money uh, doing uh, things like that i've got a few verses here in proverbs i want to read to you also before i get get kicked in going here very far with these other verses but listen to these verses this one's a first one's out of proverbs chapter 6 proverbs chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 uh, no, let me read. Start reading in verse six, <laughs> chapter six, verse six. Go to the ant, thou sluggard; consider her ways, and be wise. Which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and sleep so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth. <laughs> you know, he said, consider the ant. You know, he, she, the ant has nobody telling it what to do, but at least it's smart enough to know storing it, to store up for winter, to store up for the future. And uh, we need to be doing the same. Uh, someday we may have the desire to retire, or someday you know that uh, you can't get through this life to knowing that there's difficult times ahead. Now you go through spells of hard times. Well, you've got to be wise enough to save up and prepare for those lean times uh, before they come. And he said, just look at the wisdom of the ant. You know, at least be that wise. But if you sit there and sleep, you know, how many people you know that sleep all day, sleep all night, sleep all day, get up and take their pills or whatever it is, go back to bed and we're talking about young able-bodied people who have a have a have a, a ziploc baggie full of pills and a and a whole uh, list of excuses why they can't do anything well <laughs> you know poverty is going to come to you poverty if that's the path in life you're taking if that's the excuses you're making in things uh, poverty is going to come uh, to you how long how long are you going to sleep you sluggard when will you arise out of your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, folding of the hands, you know, just twiddling your thumbs, kind of a thing. Here's the promise that that uh, poverty is going to come to you. Now, uh, just 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 remember, just remember. Let me, let me move on. I got some other verses here I want to read. This is Proverbs chapter ten, uh, verse four, says, "He becometh poor that delight that dealeth with a slack hand." But the hand of the diligent make rich. Can you hear? Can you hear that? What it's saying? Uh, Proverbs chapter twelve, verse eleven: He that tilleth the land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. You know, be wise. Be wise. Don't listen to all the all the um, bad advice and the being lazy and you know um, that sort of thing. Uh, chapter twelve, verse twenty-four: The hand of the the hand of the diligent 
shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Okay, uh, chapter 13, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. You see that? Where, where's your provision coming? You're going to have to work. You're going to have to earn some things. That kind of thing. Uh, chapter, that was chapter... Uh, let me do one more. Chapter 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to, to penury. And a lot of people talk about doing things, but they don't talk. Talk don't get you anywhere. You know, you're going to have to get out. And you're going to have to earn a living. You're going to earn some things. Okay, now in in your in your where you're at in First Timothy, look in First Timothy chapter five. There's a. Uh, I'm in the wrong. Okay, First Timothy chapter five. Look at verse. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 it says but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel <laughs> okay this is one of the things one of the benefits of labor physical labor is is, is having a job and and working is is the way that God gives us to make provision for our families and those that are in need around us. Now in the text in which we're reading here in sec- in 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh the, the, what he's talking about there is taking care of widows and he commands us as you know to take care of widows. He's concerned for the poor. He's concerned God is concerned for the poor, the the widows, the orphans and things like this. And he gives instructions on how to tend to uh, widows and things. And in this passage he's telling us we need to look after and take care of the widows. But that responsibility first falls upon the family of the widow before it falls upon the church or a stranger or something like that. The kinfolk, the the family of the widow, has a responsibility to take care of the widow, and it's almost like uh, Paul's shaming him here in, in just a, in a moment. It says, "But if any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel." Uh, this is just one of the ways that God makes provision. This is, uh, uh, you know, makes provision uh, for the family. And you have a responsibility, especially as uh, the leader of the home, the head of the home. You have a responsibility to make uh, to to work and to make that. And, and if you don't work, if you fail in this area, if you fail in this area, uh, then you're denying the faith, and you're no you're worse than an infidel. I remember when uh, I. Um, Lisa and I was getting married. I was I was young and stupid and everything. We both were, and now we like to see ourselves as being a little older and a little wiser. But uh, I go to her dad when we were getting married, and and I know he had to look at me. Guy here, some green eighteen year old, barely out of high school. You know, uh, he's looking at me and he's trying to see the future, and you know, he's trying to project something into the future. But I remember I asked him if I could marry his daughter, and he looked at me and he says, "You know," he goes, "I think you will be a good provider." 
you'll be a good provider. I I don't think you're lazy. I've looked at your you know your your work and and uh, you know he's seen me do some things and I've been around him some and he saw me as being a an industrious kind of a person and even though I you know I was just young and green and you know barely out of high school and had plans on going to college and and uh, no doubt lean times were ahead for us and and things he still was able to look at me and and think you know you know I've got you know I've got what it takes he looked at me and said you got what it takes I think you're going to be a good provider for my daughter and that's important and it's important years later I'm sitting here in the church office and Ladarius comes in one day to speak to me and this is before Tristan and Ladarius are married. Ladarius comes in. He sits in the office, and uh, he wants to talk about getting married. And he asked me if he could marry my daughter, marry Trista. And then he was seeking our blessings upon this. And he, as he was sitting there talking to me, uh, man, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> but, but I told him the very same thing that Lisa's dad told me when I asked if I could marry Lisa. I looked at the Ladarius. And uh, I said, you know, I think you'll be a good provider. I, I see you as, you know, you're not lazy. I see you as being industrious and and um, hard worker and, and that kind of thing. And so I, I saw promise in him. And I shared the same little wisdom that uh, uh, Rule had given me. I'd give that same little bit of wisdom to Ladarius and challenged him to be a good provider for his wife and for his family and things like that but this is how it's done and if you don't provide for your family if you're not industrious if you are lazy you know you're not uh, pro providing for your family as you should and I know there's exceptions for things like uh, handicaps and mental handicaps and and disabilities and health issues and all of that kind of thing but every able-bodied person ought to be um, trying to earn a living and try to provide for their families and in this day and time it almost takes both people you know it's nice you know if 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 the, if the wife can stay home and raise the kids and all that kind of stuff but hey <laughs> you know uh, uh that's just one of those type of things you guys got to kind of work out as a family in our family you know i work and everything but uh, by far lisa lisa in the profession that she's in she's by m much more the uh, breadwinner of the family than i am and she assumes that but it's all part of being in ministry we're called together her and i both and uh, she makes sacrifice for the family and the and the church and the ministry and and all of that willingly takes takes that on so that i'm able to do um uh, what i do and she she is to be commended for that but uh, you know it doesn't matter if you're the if you're the the leader of your home the head of your home you've got to tend to these matters and this is just one way. So one of the one of the benefits is just this is what God does to to uh, um, to make provision for you. Next verse I want you to look at is Ephesians chapter four. Go to the book of Ephesians. Go to your left. Book of Ephesians, chapter four. Chapter four, verse twenty-eight says this let him that stole still no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth here's the other benefit not only does god require us to work in order to that we may meet the uh, the needs that we have within the family 
but he also requires us to work that so that we're able we are able to give to those who are in need you know we've already talked about there's widows and orphans and God's concern for the poor and and things like he wants us to be able to minister uh, to other people he wants us to be able to bless others within the church congregation and uh, you see somebody in need and at some point or another we all find ourselves in a place of need and it's always good that when you're able to give to somebody else to help them what's the verse you know you know it it's it's more blessed to give than to than to what receive yeah and some people are just the the taking at at the point of taking all the time you want to get to that place to where you're able to give you can see a need and uh, and you can give to uh, that need so so you got to have a job in order to do that when you read this verse this is talking about um, you know let him who still stole still no more the idea is is that you know a thief is a thief until they become something else and I, i've preached this many times you know and he's when does a thief stop being a thief when he stops stealing no a thief stops being a thief when he becomes something else and and that's the point of that he's trying to teach here you know that someone is repentant when they stop stealing go get a job and instead of taking what other people have they now have income in order to give to somebody in need a thief is always going to be a thief until he becomes something else just because he hadn't stolen anything in a few days or maybe he's even gone a year or two or however long as long as he's sitting there doing nothing he's still a thief you the proof of his repentance is in that he stops stealing he gets a job and instead of taking what other people has he gives uh, he gives now uh, to to the needy it's just a sign of repentance but in this in what he's teaching you got to listen to it. It says, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that is in need. Um, and so that should be our goal. We want to be in that position where we're able to bless other people. The Lord blesses us, we bless other people. I've known people who uh, maybe God burdens their heart for a certain ministry. Maybe they're concerned about some uh, feeding the children kind of a ministry or or they're concerned God burdens their heart for some sort of a homeless ministry or a soup kitchen or, or some some ministry of some kind. You know, what they will do is they'll go to the Lord and they'll say, Lord, can you bless me with some overtime this week? Can you bless me with some more hours? Uh, can you bless me with some kind of a raise or, or some extra work of some kind so that I'm able to give to somebody else? Or there may be a need within the family or, or something like that. And so the idea is that the Lord blesses them and then they turn around and bless somebody else with it. And that's what we're supposed to do. As the Lord blesses us, you know, we're supposed to turn around and, uh, and bless others with it. And... Um, uh, that's that's exactly that's exactly what we're supposed to do, and so um, it is more blessed to give than uh, to to receive, and um, and we, we want to be able to bless others when you see a need to to be able to uh, make sacrifice and give and and things, and that's just one of the ways he does it. So we, you, we, the Lord wants us to labor, uh, physical labor as as an effort that's what he does is to uh, make provision for our own homes and our own families but he also wants us to labor so that we have in order to bless other people with 
and 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 if we're doing that uh, provision is is made you know you you hear all those stories in the bible about how uh, you know the the, the uh, like the one where the the coin is in the fish's mouth. The disciples, I think, they have to pay their taxes or something like that. So they go and they have a need, and so the Lord sends them down. They catch a fish, and there's a coin in the mouth of the fish, so that they're able to pay their taxes. Man, that's wonderful, and that's what God does. I mean, He makes provision. And sometimes it doesn't always add up. I mean, sometimes the jobs that we have and the bills that we have, they don't always match up. But as long as we're laboring and working and, and things and allowing God to work, that's when the coin starts popping up out of the fish's mouth and miracles start to happen and provision being made. But if you're just sitting there uh, being lazy and you and you don't even lift a finger or put out any effort whatsoever to be of any uh assistance or work or anything else and if you're if you're on the dole and you're just sitting out there taking and not concerned about uh, helping others or anything like that you're never going to experience that you're never going to see it it's never you're never going to you're you're never going to see uh, the real uh, workings of god like that and uh, and things and so uh these are the, some of the, just the, the benefits of just being able to witness the miracles of God, being able to see how He provides, and um, uh, I, I, any, any, I can tell you all kinds of stories. You know, my own life, of miracles that happen, bills being paid, and, uh, and 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 it all comes down to just being where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing when we're supposed to be doing it, and then just letting the miracles happen. But they're not going to be happening if you're just sleeping in bed with your with your blinds folded down and the doors shut and your head under the blankets. It's never going to happen. And that last verse I want you to look at is, is uh, Acts chapter 18. Keep going to your left. Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Beginning in verse 1. After these things, Paul departed out of Athens and came to Corinth. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born of Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded the Jews to depart from Rome, and came unto them. And because they were of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. This is talking about when the Apostle Paul uh, came across Aquila and Priscilla, and he works with them. They're, they're like in business together. They shared the same occupation. They were tent makers by trade. The Apostle Paul was a tent maker uh, by, uh, by trade. And in fact, there are places in Scripture where Paul says things like, you can't accuse me of anything. That he, he was proud of the fact that he supported his own ministry with his occupation of being a tent maker. And he he prided himself in that. You you can't you you he said you uh, you can you can testify that I supported myself and not just himself only, but he also supported others uh, with his tent making ability. He was considered a, a bivocational pastor of sorts, I guess. But here's the third the third benefit that I want to bring up to you. Not only does God give us the commandment to work and, the, and to labor, but we are to work for the so that. 
we can make provision to meet the needs in our own families. And then not only that, that we may be able to help others and experience that whole blessing of it's more blessed to give than to receive. But the third thing is, is that you can fund some ministries in which the Lord wants you to do. <laughs> you know, um, when we work hard with great faith, I mean, it just leads to great things. I mean, it just, it just leads to things that the Lord has planned for us. And there may be a ministry or something that the Lord wants you to do. And, you know, it, he didn't want you to necessarily go to the church and start asking for money and things like that. I mean, there's sometimes the church gets involved and maybe they can help you with whatever project you're working on. But let me tell you what, there's great freedom when you don't have to depend upon the church for your livelihood or anything else. And the Apostle Paul realized this. And so, if you can get to that place <coughs> where you are not dependent upon the church for your livelihood, well, that's a good thing. That's what the Apostle Paul did. <coughs> you know, if you ever want to do things like, let's say you want to go, go on a mission trip, or you want to do some type of a volunteer work for the Lord, or, or something, there's something, you want to spend a vacation, you know, going off and serving someplace. Okay, one of the ways that God provides for that is for you to have a job, <laughs> and that you work, and you save up money, and and as opportunities come up, then you're able to go off and do these things. If you can ever get to that place of retirement, and, and this is a goal that you should have. My goal is someday I hope to be able to retire. But, uh, you know, if I reach, reach that place where I can retire, you know, maybe what I need to do is retire and then go to a church somewhere where they can't even afford to pay a pastor to preach for them. You see what I'm saying? And then when I get to that place to where no one ever listens to me any, anymore, and we all get to that place, I think, um, at least somewhere, but if no one takes me seriously anymore, no one listens to me, which is basically kind of, I'm almost there now, I guess. But when that day comes, my effectiveness is gone as far as my speaking ministry goes. Well, you know, I'm fine with that. I'll just go find a, a, a soup kitchen somewhere, and I'll join in the, in, the, in the serving row, and I'll just serve along other Christians who are serving the Lord in a soup kitchen or somewhere. You, you, you know, you kind of get my idea. And the day will come when I may not even be able to physically do that. I, I said this this morning. The day will come when everybody, you know where, what direction, everybody's on the same path. You know what direction you're going, and I hope I hope you avoid this. But let me tell you, your life can get reduced down to a to a corner of a small nursing home room. And that may not sound good, and it's not good. But this is the reason why you've got to do all you can, while you can, when you can, because your opportunities are going to fade, your health is going to diminish, there's things that's going to come into your life, and you're going to wish there, you're going to wish that back when you had the time to do something that you would have done it. And so easily, and I see many people going down this path, and they get to that place where their lives are just reduced down to a little corner of a nursing home someplace. And that very well may happen to me. 
And if it does, my ministry then is I'm going to use that to to start off a new prayer ministry. I'm going to be, if I'm immobile and my limbs no longer work and I can't walk or anything like that, I'll just lay in my bed. And as long as my eyes can blink, I'll still want to be productive and in service to the the Lord's work. and And commit myself to praying for other ministries. And I'll be praying for people who won't give me a second thought as I'm tucked away into the corner of the nursing home room or something somewhere. But the Lord knows my labors. The Lord knows uh, my works. You see what I'm saying? I've known teachers who always had that desire to be a pastor. And as they were as they were teachers, you know, they served in their churches faithfully on the weekends and things like that. But they always had that desire. Oh, they wish they could quit and go into the ministry. But they couldn't because they had to pay the bills. They had a family to support and everything. Well, the day finally comes, they get their family raised, they're able to retire, and then they can take their teacher retirement and go out and pastor some little church somewhere that can't pay them anything. You see? I've known police officers do that. Work till they're 55 or 56 or however old they are, retire early. With their policeman's pension, they always had some kind of desire. They wish they could gone into full-time ministry. And uh, they serve the Lord on a part-time basis while serving as a policeman. They get to the, the, the point to where they can retire. They retire, go into ministry full-time, living off of their retirement, their teacher retirement. I've seen the same thing with military retirement and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. And maybe when you get to the end, all you've got is Social Security at the end. Well, hey, that's all right. You know, you, you've got some income coming in. You've got some income coming in. You can still serve. There's a place for you to serve. There's volunteer work to be done. There's a ministry to be had. I've known people who have had to retire from their jobs early just in order to take care of a family member whose health is failing. Oh, man, that's admirable. That's a ministry. Uh, don't, don't cut that kind of stuff short. And, and maybe someday when that loved one is passed or something like that, you might be free to do to do other things after that. But uh, that's one of the benefits, and it's only going to come to you if you labor, if you work by the sweat of your face uh, to prepare and look ahead to a coming day, a future day. And uh, and so not only the, the benefits are that you 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 um, he gives you a job so you you can support your family. He also gives you a job so that you're able to bless others, and he gives you a job that you can support your ministry that he's called you to do. All three of those things. And I, and I tell you what, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty big time. That's pretty big time stuff. I got one more verse I want to read to you, and then I'll close here. But it's Colossians, Colossians 3.23. Oh, good grief. Can you find it? Colossians 3.23. I'm going to read 22. Servants obey in all things and masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as with singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive a reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Amen? Amen? So do your work, do your work as unto the Lord. And that is the benefit of our works. That is the the spiritual benefit of our physical labor. 